You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, welcome into the StarCast Joker Marks Studios. My name is Ryan Chambers. I'm the host of StarCast Joker Marks. Um, this is the after-game review for game number 70 against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I really wanted to win this bad game league. But the Stars fall to the Toronto Maple Leafs by a final score of 4-3 to three tonight in overtime. Much better outing than the game in Toronto where the Stars basically didn't play at all, where they lost 4 to nothing, And... I would consider this a point earned rather than a point lost if you're the Dallas Stars. you got to look at it from a positive uh, outcome here. But um, before we get into tonight's game summary and our special guests here for tonight, uh, please go and uh, thank DraftKings for being our sponsor for our podcast and also the entire Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, They allow us to do all these sort of things and do the stuff and get compensated for a little bit. So Please go and use that promo code THB, and the next time you go and visit their app, their website, wherever you go and do that. And there's some good things to be betting on here in the next couple of months with uh, with the playoffs coming up, and then also with the playoffs for the NBA and all sorts of things. But um, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring in tonight's special guest tonight. This is Josh Sanders. He is the GOAT admin, because I'm just going to point that out so Sam gets mad. But <laughs> he is the GOAT admin of the Jake Ottinger uh fan club and hockey talk group on Facebook. And he does a great job with all of stuff pertaining to the Dallas stars. So he, it's not his first time on. He's a returner. I think it's like your second or third time on. I forget. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But so. uh, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing okay. Good, good man. Appreciate you having me on. I uh, always enjoy doing this kind of stuff with you. So uh, you shot out the invite to me a couple of days ago, you know, I obviously had to hop on, you know, it's 12 o'clock out here on the East coast. Doesn't matter for me. I always enjoy doing this kind of stuff with the boys. So anytime you need a, anytime you need a guest, let me know. Yeah, and uh, that, I was actually going to point that out. I was like, yeah, you're, you know, you're really like fighting it for tonight. You, you know, you're up at midnight over on your, on your yeah, end. You should have so. seen me during the West Coast games. It was, it was <laughs> oh, brutal. Gosh. Yeah, those games don't start till 10 o'clock out here for me. Oh, it's, man. It's yeah. tough, but. Yeah, and Chris and I were really struggling. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and I think it was the, the last game against uh, Seattle. I, mm-hmm. I was just, oh, man like three or four games in in a course yeah. of like six days and i was just like dude this is killing me can't yeah. imagine being the stars so no i'm just uh, i'm just thankful that you know they took they 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 won out on the west coast if i'm staying up till one o'clock in the morning for consistent losses i would have been more annoyed but right you can live with it if it's a win so yeah so so it's been a while since you've been on the pod so uh let me ask you uh just before we even get into tonight's game summary uh, just your thoughts, just in general, over the uh, the star season. Is there, I mean, any negatives, any positives? What what's your what's your biggest thing about the stars this season that you're either perturbed about or you're really excited about? So one of the things that I saw about the stars coming into the season, or over the course of the season, is they are they're a very streaky team, and this isn't new. This is something that you know uh, they they they've been going through for the last few years. They go through their hot streaks where they'll rattle off five, six wins in a row, and then they'll go through their cold streaks where they may only pick up two or three points out of you know a week, week and a half stretch. So, thankfully, right now uh, we're in we're in one of those you know hot streaks, and we're we're where we need to be right now going into the postseason. Um, 
obviously, you know, tonight was 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 a bit tough, but you know, taking a point from a team like Toronto um, in the race that we're in right now is is, is going to be huge for us. You know, moving forward, we've got uh, we're up by two on Vegas with uh, two games in hand right now. So uh, there 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 have definitely been some highs and lows this year. Um, I know that you know we we we, we talk frequently about our our love for, for bonus and uh, for, for Rick bonus and everything like that. But for uh, <laughs> all the ups and downs with a head coach, we, uh, we, we, we seem to be sitting in a, in a wild card spot right now. So, you know, we're, we're doing what we need to do right now. Um, you can't look too far to the future. I'm not really focused on, all right, well, who are we playing in the first round? We need to get to the first round first. So um, just take it one game at a time. Uh, we got a pretty busy schedule over the next two weeks. So just, pick up some points um, that uh, the, those two games at hand on Vegas there, I think they're going to be gone by, I want to say like next weekend. So if we can, you know, increase that lead by the time we, we, by the time we're, you know, hitting the last four or five games of the season, I think we'll be in a good stand, a, a good stead. So. And, yeah. And that's really important. And uh, the, the nice thing about the uh, games in hand as well is that I think we're right now with the win, no, with the loss tonight, we have, we still have an 80% chance of making the playoffs. Yep. And that's, that's including games in hand and, you know, this fact that the the strength of the schedule, the stars don't really have a strong schedule over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Um, but there's a couple of games that I'm specifically looking at. I'm looking at Nashville, the uh-huh. Nashville game. That's going to be a four point game. That's going to be huge, especially now when you look at the standings and then the Vegas game, assuming Vegas still tries to, to get in close with the stars and take that final right. walk. But, but uh, one that I wanted to point out is the fact that the Stars are only two points out from uh, Nashville. Nashville hasn't been playing as well as the Stars of late. So the Stars, I, I don't see them getting into the top three. I, I just don't. It, it, it could, but I doubt it. The Blues would have to really hit a skid. Um, right. Because I think, I think they might even have a game in hand on us right now. Either that or we're, we're, we play the same amount of games. And I think we're, what, five points back on them currently or something like that. Um, I, think, I they, believe so. And they're 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 playing some pretty hot hockey right now. I don't see them hitting a skid, you know, big enough for us to slide into that that number three spot, especially with us still having to jump Nashville to get there. Um, honestly, if, if I'm Dallas, though, I mean, you know, like I, just, I, said, I said earlier, you know, you can't really focus on, you know, all right, who do we want to play in the first round? You just have to get to the first round. But mm-hmm. it would be massive for the Stars to pick up that first wild card spot if you can get into the Pacific Division side of the playoff bracket. Exactly, get Calgary in the first round and get yeah. you know L.A. or Edmonton or maybe Vegas in the second round. That would be that, that would be so much more beneficial for Dallas than having to go through the gauntlet of Colorado and then you know a Minnesota or a St. Louis um, before getting over to the Pacific side of the bracket. So I mean, it's uh, obviously you know want to win as many games as possible, but you know I I would feel more comfortable about the stars of the postseason if we could sneak into the Pacific side of the bracket. Exactly, and and then also hope that Nashville, assuming we take the first wild card spot, that Nashville holds on to the second because correct it, even I would see if, them in Vegas, yeah. Even if Vegas gets in, even though they're the second wild card spot, since they're in the Pacific, they would go into the Pacific Division Correct. and play in the Pacific side. So it's really got to be, you know, per you know, perfect uh, scenario for the Stars would be uh, both, you know, Nashville and the Stars make it, but the Stars get the first, Nashville gets the second. Nashville mm-hmm. has to play Colorado in the first round. That would yeah. be, you know, best case scenario for the Stars with their playoff hopes going deep. I uh, will say though. Um, going into the postseason, I think that you're going to see a Stars team reminiscent of what you saw tonight. Not necessarily getting outshot by the mar- by the margins that they did, but mm-hmm. it's going to be very reminiscent of the of, of the bubble team. Um, if they want to have postseason success, they're going to have to rely heavily on their goaltending. I think that if they play teams like Colorado, fat faster teams like Colorado or 
uh, or Minnesota. I think that they are they're they they have a hard time keeping up with those teams over the course of an entire game. But if their goalie can stand on their head, if we can have Ottinger and Wedgwood play the way that Hudobin played back in the bubble um, a couple of years ago, then I think that the Stars can actually make a little bit of noise in the postseason. Right. Well, and uh, we and we're gonna go ahead and get into the uh, game summary. Um, I've got my fancy iPad over here with all my notes over here, so you can look <laughs> at that. But uh, it's the iPad primitive edition, as I call it. Yep. But uh, it chat. If you guys have any comments about tonight's game, go ahead and leave it in the comment section down below, and we'll try to get to that uh, as we go on. And uh, you know, Josh, if you see a comment you wanna you wanna talk about, just go for it, and I'll pull it up on the screen. So whenever okay. you want. Um, just getting into this game tonight, um, you know, the stars without a full complement of their best players tonight, uh, Essa, Gary and PD are all still out and especially mm-hmm. Essa hurts a ton in a game like this. This yeah. is his third or fourth game in a row where he's out and Wedgwood I gets, Harley, st- I, I did think Harley looked really good tonight though. He did. Um, I he thought did. he played very well tonight. Um, obviously I, I, I want, I want Lindell in the lineup, but I, I, I don't think that Harley is, it has warranted him being a healthy scratch. Uh, He's not as much of a hindrance. Correct. He has his bad games. He has his oh, bad games. Ab- absolutely. But. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, Wedgwood would also get the start over Ottinger. And mm-hmm. I mean, what is what is it with uh, bonus starting Wedgwood against these ginormous teams? First Carolina and, okay, San Jose, meh, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> you know, here, here's your first game as a dollar star. Okay, go ahead and take the, the top team in the East, Carolina. And then uh, go ahead and take Toronto now, too. Yeah. You? Go ahead. Uh, get he's it. getting just peppered with shots too. I mean, he saw what, he's handling almost it almost 40 against 40 against Carolina, mm-hmm. another, you know, 38 shots tonight or something like that. I mean, it, he he's, he, it's not like he's getting, you know, easy nights or anything like that. I mean, I, I understand him wanting to give Ottinger breaks now and then, especially since, you know, we rode Ottinger pretty hard when Hudobin and Holtby were both, you know, out with injury and everything like that. So I get him wanting to kind of save him a bit for the postseason, but Man, you look at the star schedule coming up. You got, you know, New Jersey on Saturday, Chicago on Sunday. Uh, I mean, I, I would have much rather seen Wedgwood get one of those starts and, and right? seen Ottinger and that tonight. Listen, Wedgwood did great tonight. I'm not knocking Wedgwood at all, but I was I was kind of surprised. Yeah, exactly. I was surprised to see Ottinger uh, on, on the bench tonight against a team like Toronto. Well, uh, just right into the game, uh, they're wearing their blackout jerseys again. I love the blackout jerseys. I actually forgot to go put it on before I uh, got on here. But uh, then I started thinking about this is like mine's all the way over there somewhere. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. You got a Haskin yeah. in one. Mine's just yeah. a blank. So I, I need to get mine. I need to get a name on mine. I'm thinking about Wedgwood Peterson. did look good in the blackout uni tonight, though, with the black pads and everything like that and the black helmet. He did look nice yeah, out there. Yeah, he did. I wonder so. when he's going to get his actual uh his actual helmet. I'm, I'm excited no to see it. So we'll see. But uh, I actually had this thought in my head, but could this jersey become like the new home jersey for the Dallas Stars? I would love uh, it. I, I like it better than our current than, than our current home jerseys. I'm not a too. huge fan. I mean, I like the I like the I like the green of our of our home jerseys. I just don't like the jersey itself. It just looks kind of plain to me. Eh. Um, yeah. I know that they're bringing back reverse retros next year, but they're doing a different iteration of the reverse retros. Bring the movers. So, I'm uh, saying. Yeah, I'm saying, bring me the booters. <laughs> <laughs> bring me the booters. I'll be the first I'll, I'll person go to get buy it. one. I'll go get my jersey. It's in the closet but, uh, back there. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't, I don't see them ever going to a full-on black home jersey ever again. Not after the rebranding that they did. Um, but I would like to see them wear this jersey more frequently than they do. And they still wear it quite a bit too. They do. To be totally honest. 
Um, uh, well, let's just get into the first period here. I mean, five seconds in, Fox immediately hits Muzzin. Uh-huh. Uh, Nylander would have a wraparound chance, and that was one thing that Wedgwood is really good about. He, he does not allow wrap and wraparound chances to get him. Yep. Uh, Paz would have a, a chance in the slot. Matthews would have a shot. He would be saved by Wedgwood, and then hence, like, c- completely clobbers Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, four minutes in, there's more ozone pressure for the Leafs, but nothing big. Obviously, that would continue through the first two periods. Um, and Harley had a shot, and Campbell had a really good save on that mm-hmm. about five minutes in. Uh, and then I put this about the first five minutes, and you can comment on this, what you think. But I thought in the first five minutes of the first period, the exits out of the zone for the Stars, which has been a problem for them, mm-hmm. it, within the first five minutes were really good. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, they were spending a lot of time in their own zone, but they were playing the style they have to play to, to beat a team like Toronto, who has way more talent than the Stars do. So I, I thought they had good um, exits. I would agree. Uh, I thought the Stars, I mean, they, they got out shot the first period, but I think the majority of the first period, especially early on, I thought they actually played pretty well. Um, I thought that they were controlling the pace of play pretty well. I thought that they were um, they were really limiting the Leaf shots. I think the Leafs ended about shooting us like 12-9 or 13-9 or something like that in the first period. But um, if you look at the shots on goal that the Leafs had, uh, they, 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 they weren't really high danger chances. Um, I thought that they did a really good job of kind of limiting, uh, you know, Wedgwood's work in the first period. Um, one thing I will say, I truthfully don't understand ever starting a game without the Robertson Pavelski hints line, uh, Robertson hints Pavelski line on the on the ice for the opening faceoff. Uh, you look at how well those guys do in the first minute, two minutes of a game. I don't see a reason not to throw them out there. I understand the reasoning. Oh, Fox is supposed to be the checking line and everything like that. Statistically speaking, hints that the, the hints line is better defensively than the Fox line is. Um, and I would love to see those guys out there on the ice for the opening faceoffs to counter a Matthews or a Marner line, um, as opposed to relying on Foxa, Glenn Denning, and Raffle to do it. Um, I thought Glenn Denning and Raffle played well tonight. Um, t- truth be told, I didn't, I didn't watch Foxa too terribly much this, uh, this evening, but I didn't think I didn't think that line played terrible. But um, like I said, I just I, I would roll with that. I would roll with our top line out there on uh, on, on those opening faceoffs. Yeah, and a, lot, a lot of good comments there. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I thought the Fox line played great tonight. I really yeah. thought they did. Um, yeah. it, it, especially defensively, they were doing their job and doing yep. their checking well, but they had some even, uh, they didn't have many shots and chances and stuff like that, but they were spending some time yep. in the ozone, which is all you can really ask out of a fourth line. Yeah. If, so, if, if Roddick Fox, didn't stick out to me, if that line doesn't stick out to me over the course of a game, they're doing their job. They're not supposed to be flashy. They're not supposed to be the guys that you're like, Oh, look at what they're doing on the ice. If they can fly under the radar, if they make it to where you're not noticing any mistakes that they're making on the ice and they're having a good game, then they're doing their job. They're, they're, they're doing their job. They're, they're playing, they're playing boring shutdown hockey, which is exactly what they're supposed to do. Um, it's when you start noticing their mistakes, when you start paying attention to them, that it's like, all right, they're, they're, they're not having a great game, but tonight wasn't one of those nights. I thought they actually played decent. Agreed, hundred um, percent. Uh, right after that, Nemeskov would have a good shot in the slot after forcing a turnover on the forecheck, and it was a good shift by that uh, Kivi Raz Nemeskov line. And mm-hmm. that's a, a weird uh, conglomeration of players that I would never think I would see together, but it's right, it's yeah. worked for those three guys, <laughs> and and they've done okay. They, they yeah. it's again, it's another line that's done okay. It's not like they're allowing bad chances or anything like that. Right. Um. Uh. I've been purposely trying to be doing this over the past couple of weeks, Josh, but I've been trying to point out better defensive plays because I focus more on the negativity of the stuff. So right, I've been trying to be right. more positive. <laughs> uh, 
about five minutes in, uh, there was a really good defensive play by Glenn Denning in the Dallas slot, and it forced uh, it forced the puck to go into the corner. So it was a good play by Glenn Denning there. Did exactly mm-hmm. what he's supposed to do. Yep. Uh, at this point, the shots were three to two Dallas, which I was like, we're out shooting by the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was shocked, and especially that was considering probably all the last the time that it happened too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. After that, like ten minutes later, it would be seven to three Toronto. So, but. Anyway, uh, Sagan. I think Matthews outshot us the first two periods or something. Yeah, like no that. joke. Like, yeah, I think he had like unreal. 12. Yeah. He had 12 shots overall, right? Yeah. Something insane like that. But, um, anyway, Sagan would have a chance after a broken play. Uh, Duda Nietzsche r- runs into the Toronto Post, which would lead to a very odd, weird mm-hmm. turn of events. Um, everyone thought it was going to be blown down. Yeah. It wasn't. And play continues. The ref, the ref's even standing there right in front of the in front of the net saying, no, go, go, go. The play's continuing. And I mean, I mean, everybody stopped Toronto and Dallas, both all the players just stopped. And, yeah. uh, on the ensuing rush, uh, Nylander would score the first goal of the game and it was his 28th of the season. So, uh, I mean, what'd you think? Uh, as much as it sucks, I, I, I think the ref made the right call there. Uh, you don't, I think you actually re- said the, a ref made the right call. I know, Shit. I know. It tastes like vinegar <laughs> coming out of my mouth. It was horrible. Uh, yeah, no joke. I think so. The reason that I think it drew so much scrutiny is because 85, 90% of the time in that situation, a ref does blow the play dead without letting it, you know, somewhat without letting it continue. I mean, that net was, you know, kissing the boards behind it kind of thing. It was nowhere close to the, to the pegs, but. Um, I mean, by by the rule by the rule of the league, they don't have to blow the play dead until the other until the stars possess the puck in that situation. And it was up to it was their call. And you know, in that situation, I mean, they're 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 playing it by the rule of the league. I mean, it sucks for the stars because they ended up giving that uh, giving up that goal at the other end of the uh, the other end of the ice. But you know, as much as I hate to say it, it was the right call. And even after the play, it. It, it, they seemed to thought think that they were just going to mm-hmm. continue playing. <laughs> I was like, that, the puck I think went that was in the, the other thing that confused me was that everybody just stopped. <laughs> like nobody did anything. <laughs> I was so I was so confused. I was so, so. confused. But anyway, it, it was a good shot by Nylander too off the rush. It was uh, under the under the arm of uh, Wedgwood there. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, about um, about thirty seconds later, Glenn Denning would get a tip that would go wide. It was a good chance by Glenn Denning. So this is the mm-hmm. second time I've mentioned Glenn Denning in the first yep. ten minutes. I just realized that. Um, and then about about two minutes after the Nylander goal, the Stars would get a puck pursuit goal, and I think Razor called it the accidental. Absolutely fantastic way to accurate for Sagan. One hundred percent accurate. And Sagan scores, and it's the Sagan line again. And I love that addition of Student Nietzsche on that mm-hmm. line. Sagan Sagan's always needed to play with somebody with speed. Uh, when you put them, and, that, and that's why I, I think that's a large reason why the whole Sagan Ben, you know, or the the, the Ben Sagan Radulov line really has kind of fallen apart over the last year, year and a half. So Radulov's really kind of lost a step. Ben is Ben. I mean, Ben's never been the fastest player in the world. Ben's more of a power forward. But you put Sagan with somebody like a Gurianov or a student each, and it really kind of opens up his game a little bit. Um, so I really like student each, uh, as a compliment to Sagan on that line. Um, I thought that they actually played really well tonight. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, you saw my post on, on, on Facebook. I think yeah. I, I'm not sure that Sagan has <laughs> actually shot a puck into the net in the last month and a half, but somehow he has like four or five goals in that time span. Like he's, he, he's just in the right place at the right time. And as I mean, puck and puck and barely cross the line or you can rip it through the back of the net. It still counts at the end of the day. So I'll take it. That's exactly what I've been saying. Like at the beginning of the year, I was all frustrated in the fact that he mm-hmm. was getting garbage goals and it wasn't like Tyler, you know, uh, what's the word I'm thinking? 
classic Tyler Sagan goals, you yeah. know, back when he was like really, really, you know, getting the highlight reel goals. But who cares? They're yeah. going in the net. They, they yeah. don't ask how you do it. They just ask how many. I'd rather so, see an ugly goal than no goal at all. Right, exactly. So, so the axe dangle. I'm going to remember that. Uh, <laughs> about a minute later. Reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, about a minute later, though, the Toronto line, top line was buzzing. And, uh, dude, they were scary. Uh, and then I, I wrote this down because uh, Razor mentioned this, but Miro was playing really well defensively. And mm-hmm. at that point, the shots were 7-3 to three in favor of Toronto. So, obviously, the the whole thing had flipped when it came to the shots on goal. Stars hadn't had a shot in almost, I think at that point it was about six minutes, seven minutes mm-hmm. since they had, were leading three to two early on. So uh, Toronto really starting to put some pressure there. Um, I wrote about seven and a half minutes remaining in the first that the four check has been really good for the stars. They're just not really getting much off of it. Yep. Um, literally 10 seconds after that, uh, Tavares had a shot that would go wide. And then Raffle, a minute later, would finally draw the game's first power play. It would be for the Stars. It was a Labushkin penalty. Uh, they called it boarding. Uh, I don't really know if it... I don't really think it was boarding. I think it was... I mean, I don't know. Did Did you think that was a penalty? I, I kind of didn't think it was a penalty. Uh, the Labushkin penalty? I thought it was just... Yeah. I thought it was a hard hockey play. Uh, yeah. I can... I, I mean, I guess it depends on the angle that the ref was at. I didn't see where he was standing in, in regards to the play itself. But um, I, I think that it, it looked worse than the play actually was. Exactly. That was my exact. I'm not going to complain about a power play. I'll, actually, I might because the Stars' power play has been pretty abysmal as of late. But um, you know, outside of that, I'm not going to. I'm not going to complain too much. And that stat to back up your argument, they were fourth best before the All Star break. After the All Star break, they're the fifth worst in that yep. amount of time, in that time span. So, I mean, that's something the Stars have to figure out before they get. Assuming I, I need to knock on wood before. Hold on. Okay, before I do, before I say anything, because they got to make the playoffs first. But assuming right. they make the playoffs, they got to do something about it before they get there. And I think that, I mean, you, you look at the you look at the, the the guys missing tonight. I think you're missing, you know, you're missing Gurionov and Peterson, two guys who should be playing in our top six. Peterson Peterson kind of has that role currently, just based on how he's playing there, and they kind of bounce mm-hmm. up and down that lineup. But I mean, you're missing two guys that should be out there on your power play units as well. Um, given they weren't the, the power play wasn't wasn't doing too phenomenal even with them you know healthy but missing those two guys certainly doesn't help your, your power play at all either yeah and a- alex smith with a couple of good stats here thanks alex for listening and giving us these stats here one power play goal in the last 10 games that's yep. not going to cut it nope. and then one for 24 in that span i think as well and i, yep. I think that's pretty accurate because I, I think the last time i mentioned them something it was like 118 or 1 in 20 something like that and that was a couple of games ago so that makes total sense so yeah. that's something the stars need to figure out before they get to the playoffs but um anyways uh Klingberg would show some fancy moves during that power play uh but it there was some ozone time on the power play but a, a lot of it was along the perimeter so it right. it looked good and they were they were cycling and they were getting some stuff in but it just wasn't getting those big time chances that you really need uh, mm-hmm. if you're the Dallas Stars. So, I mean, did you see anything in that first power play that you're like, eh? No, I mean, I, I agree with you. I was watching that power play and I was thinking to myself, just like, you know, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Like, eh, kind of, yeah, yeah, like it's it's not, I mean, yay, we have zone time, but like <laughs> not doing anything with it. Like, right. We're peppering pucks in the guy's shin pads from, you know, 30 feet out kind of thing. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. And uh, I think, I'm not sure who this R Dell guy is down here, but I appreciate the one for five on power play draws tonight. Um, yeah, that can't happen. Uh, the stars are the second best power, the, the second best faceoff team in the league. Um, unfortunately, the Leafs are the first. So 
Um, it was going to be a tough night in the dots regardless, but you know, in, in, on the power play in the offensive zone, you got to be able to pull a couple draws back. Um, and I think that, you know, if you start the power play off without possession, you're, 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 you're already putting yourself behind the eight ball. Cause then you have to get back into the zone at that point. So, um, for a team that struggles on the power play, as much as the stars do, they really needed to rely on their face off to be there tonight. And, uh, it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't there for them. And the stars rely a lot, especially on the power play on faceoffs because they have such a hard time getting into the offensive zone on the power yeah. play for some reason. And it, it, it was better tonight. The entrances were much better tonight. They were. But again, Toronto In the first is, and third periods. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, but Toronto is not a defensive team. So that's sort of kind of to be expected that it's be easier to get in on them, uh, mm. you know, on the power play. But they, again, they still just, that's one aspect that they fixed, but they have to continue pushing it and they have to force chances now, whether right. that's more shots or, uh, you know, maybe force some, some shots, you know, towards the slaughter. I don't, I don't know. But that's what I just like to see more of. There's more shots on the power play. With somebody like Pavelski, you know, on a, on one of those power play units, I mean, if he's in front of the net, you can really just try to throw a shot from anywhere and just see if he can get a stick on it or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of reminiscent of, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but that that uh, that third goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if he's in front of the net, his his hand eye coordination is phenomenal. I mean, if you're if you're Klingberg or if you're if you're one of the guys manning the points, just you know find find a find an opening between legs or through legs and see if you can get see if you can get Pavelski to, to, to get a stick on it or or see if you can just get a bounce or something like that. But um I think that they they try to get too fancy with some of those passes on the power play and it can kind of end up costing them. Um either you know pucks passes aren't very crisp or you know they get lost in the corners and all of a sudden puck possession becomes a puck battle and it's uh um it, it's kind of frustrating but you know unfortunately that's kind of the way the stars go. So well hopefully it gets fixed before the before the playoffs we'll have to see so i'm hoping their power play is as streaky as their play has been all year it's going to cold streak right now i'm hoping that it gets hot over the next uh 12 games and carries on to the postseason so agreed about time it starts heating up it's been cold for a while well moving on from there uh there was an almost goal uh that would go behind wedgwood and wedgwood just happened to fall on it at the exact right time Mm -hmm. and uh it was a lucky break for the stars with matthews in front so it would have been matthews goal and i mean if he had gotten that goal it would have been a hat trick for him tonight but thankfully it did not go in and then i wrote uh shots 11 to 7 toronto at this point and uh, there was two minutes and 45 seconds remaining in in the first period when that happened and then Mm -hmm. i wrote ralph did return to the bench and Mm -hmm. this was uh from the hit that he took from Labushkin and it looked like he was going to be out. And thankfully he came back at that time. And then uh, Nemestikov would take a penalty for tripping and put Toronto on their first power play of the game. You know, best power play in in the NHL for obvious reasons. When you've got Marner, John Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, Riley, uh, Brody. I mean, just continue the names with these guys. It's insane. And uh, Wedgwood would have three, not one, not two, but three mm-hmm. giant saves on Matthews in the dying seconds of the first period to keep this one-to-one. So uh, what was your just original thoughts just from the first period other than the power play? Uh, like I said, I actually thought the Stars looked pretty good up until the last probably four or five minutes of the period. That's when I thought they started kind of getting into trouble, letting Toronto dictate the pace of play a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I know we were outshot, but I thought we had good good zone time. I thought we got a few decent shots off onto uh, – um, onto Campbell in the first period. Um, ending the period on the penalty kill was uh, was tough because I mean I mean you said it you 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 got Matthews, Marner, Nylander, you know, Brody, Riley. I mean their their power play is unbelievable. 
Um, and you're essentially getting a full two minutes of it too because you know you're splitting the power play. So you get 45 seconds of them at the end of the first period. They're going to be right back out there to start the second as well. So you're not getting that second unit um, at all um, from Toronto on that first power play. And uh, I thought Wedgwood, I mean, he stood on his head to, to kind of keep us in the game after after one. Uh, I mean, the last last minute. I mean, like you said, they easily could have been up two to one on three different three different chances right there. So um, I thought he did a fantastic job kind of keeping us in it and. Uh, yeah, I mean that was, I, I I held actually I was feeling pretty pretty good going into intermission. I thought you know this is kind of it's kind of where I was I, where, where Dallas needed to be. Uh, you know they they didn't allow Toronto to jump out to a two three nothing lead or anything like that. They kept the game close. They played them tough, and I thought that you know going into the uh, going into the intermission, I thought you know if we can kill off the first you know minute and a half of this you know this period while we're on the penalty kill, I'm like all right we we, we could have a game on our hands. And then the second period happened. And the second period happens. Yeah. And it, just like you mentioned, it the Stars get take another penalty for delay a game, so it mm-hmm. leads to a five-on-three power play for Toronto, and that's when I'm thinking, oh, crap, we're screwed. Yep. <laughs> uh, but Wedgwood would have another save on Matthews, uh, and at that point, seven shots for Matthews. And th- yep. we're not even in the into the first minute of the second period, and he already has that many. And I think we're sitting at like six at that point or something like that. As yeah. A team. Yeah, seriously. And uh, then the stars would kill the first one off. So they got mm-hmm. the first one they took. And then I, I wrote one to go. Um, and then I wrote Dallas wins the face off and it, it forces the, uh, the Maple Leafs to go back. And they, there's only, there's only 20 seconds remaining on the second mm-hmm. uh, minor penalty uh, to continue that. And the Dallas pe- uh, penalty kill does its job. And then they kill the five on three, which is huge considering, you know, like we mentioned all the players that were mentioned and the fact that it was a five on three and, you know, that maybe had some sort of a motivation kind of turning point for the stars there, uh, but it, it wasn't big enough, mm-hmm. but it was huge for the stars to get that penalty kill going. Yeah, it was. It was, especially against especially against Toronto. Um, I mean, I know we've both talked about how good their, their, their power play is, but as a penalty kill, if you can kill off, you know, a five on three against the number one power play team in the league, that should that should inspire confidence going into the rest of the game. Um and, uh, you know, they I, I thought that, you know, after they killed those two off, I was thinking, all right, you know, they, they they did what they needed to do. And then I thought that they would actually, you know, kind of revert back to, you know, the first first half of the first period, you know, mm-hmm. aggressive on the four check. I thought in the first period, I thought that that uh, that Radulov, uh, Kiviranta and students, I thought they were phenomenal four checkers. I mean, Radulov was was a pest the entire first period. Um, and when you're a guy like him, that's kind of lost his scoring touch over the last couple of years. If you can continue to play that way and play an aggressive four checking style of hockey, you're still going to be useful on whatever team you're on. I thought he, I thought he actually did very good tonight, um, in, in that role. So, um, I was expecting to see more of that in the second period. And in the second, I, I, after that, after those, after those penalty kills, um, I don't want to say the stars turtled, uh, they didn't have a lead. They didn't sit back. They didn't really do any, anything like that, but they really allowed Toronto to dictate the pace of play at that point. Um, they really, they, they had a hard time getting the puck out of their own end. Um, they, even when they could get the puck out of their own, own end, they couldn't really do it with control. And, mm-hmm. you know, Toronto really jumped on that, took advantage of it. And with Toronto's speed, I mean, you have to get the puck out of the uh, puck out of your own end cleanly. Otherwise they're going to pick it up and, and shove it right back down and in, into the defense, into your defensive end. So, um, I thought that they really struggled with that, um, in the second period after those, after those penalties expired. <laughs> Two titles are up for grabs on the stacked UFC 273 fight card. Join the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter and get $100 in free bets, win or lose, guaranteed. 
If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the excitement. Everyone can play for a share of millions of prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy MMA Contest. Draft your lineup of fighters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for strikes, takedowns, and much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $5 on UFC 273 and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of USC. 21 years of age or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And, uh, I mean, you mentioned it with all, all the chances that happened after that. Uh, Brody would have a chance. Uh, he missed the net. Uh, Kiwi Ronta for the Stars would have a chance. But Hall had a really good deep play for the for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Marner would have a shot. Wedgwood would make the save there. And at eight minutes into the second period, the shots are 23-8 to eight Toronto. And I'm like, there's the classic Dallas Stars. There it is. There they are. Yep. And, and then I also wrote, all the time is being spent in the Stars' uh, offensive zone, especially at the beginning of that second period. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why this happened, but literally the very next thing I wrote, 10 minutes into the second, Hintz had a chance in the slot. It was a really good save by Campbell. And then about two minutes later, I wrote, the Stars are finally spending some ozone time mm-hmm. in the uh, Maple Leaf zone. And Radulov had a chance as well. So it, yep. we're seeing some some more chances for the Stars there. But again, still not much that they're doing offensively and not really getting goals to back up with the chances they're getting. Right. Um. And then four minutes remaining, Roffelt actually takes an elbow to the head. So the dude was not having a good game. From he was the, hurt. He was hurt tonight. Yeah, <laughs> he was getting man, beat up. Felt bad for him. Yep. Uh, and then I, I just wrote this down because I thought it was interesting. But uh, three minutes remaining, Gerardano had some fancy moves in there. Mm-hmm. Who knew that the 39, 39, 38? Something's 38, 39, old. One of that. Who knew that he two. had some fancy moves in there? He must he must feel uh, like he has to do that to impress the young guns on the team. Right. With all the fancy <laughs> moves they do. So, but anyways, uh, Klinger would take a tripping penalty. It was the, th- uh, the third power play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then I wrote shots are 29 to 10 at Toronto yeah. at this point. Uh, Nylander would have a chance. It would go wide. And then Matthews was just a bomb uh, yeah. from the center circle, and from the he would Ovechkin get spot. Yeah, from the that's a good that's a good way to to put it. It's from the Ovechkin yeah. spot, he gets the power play goal for the Maple Leafs. They go up two to one, and he finally gets one on his tenth shot of the night. That's insane. Yeah. He gets his fifty fifth goal of the season, and he sets uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, record for goals in a regular season. I think the highest it had been, it was 44, 54 at that point. So really impressive when you consider the history of that franchise right there too. some of the guys that have come through for him I to mean, break th- that record is, is impressive. I mean, yeah, Matt Sundin, Dave mm-hmm. Anderchuk. Uh, yep. I mean, the, I mean, the list goes on and they've been around for years Yep. and uh, th- that's just amazing that he's able to do that. And the guy didn't, he hasn't even played the full season. No, Imagine he if he had played- another, he's got another 12 games left. And I, he's missed some time too. He, yeah, he got suspended for a couple of the games. Yeah. So he, he was, he's been hurt. He's been suspended for a couple of games and the guy still scores 55 goals. That's insane. Yep. Uh, 17 seconds remaining in the second though. Toronto would turn the puck over and hence almost puts it away on the backhand, but he's not almost. able to, it, it looked like he was trying to go between his legs to, mm-hmm. to get it to uh, robo, but uh, he's not able to put it away. And I, I was thinking, Oh, if, only you could have gotten that that would have been so big going into the second intermission yep. but uh nonetheless going into the second intermission two to one toronto but again i'm feeling okay i'm feeling okay about the stars chances in this game 
What did you think? I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling less okay than I did at the, at the end of the first, and it's not because Agreed. we're down two to one. It's because we're literally being outshot by one person on their team, um, and that's nothing. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> just one. Matthews is that unreal, and two. I mean, if you have ten shots through two periods, it doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence in me going into the third. Um, I was really kind of curious to see which team was going to come out of the tunnel in the third period. Um, so I was, uh, I, I was, I was a bit nervous. I, I didn't think that. Uh, I didn't think that um, I didn't think that the stars were going to put up, you know, four goals or anything tonight. I, I wasn't really expecting that, although they they almost did. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, the the fact that we we're only only down two to one at that point, considering the fact that Matthews at that point had ten shots on goal, I would have taken that. Um, I I, I would have been content with that going into the third period. If you told me, hey, you know, this is this is what's going to happen, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have questioned it, and I I think I'd have been okay with that. Um, but uh, the second period was it, was it was a tough one for us for, for 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 the most part. And going into the third period, shots are thirty two to eleven in favor of Toronto. And yeah, you know, I, I'm just like, you know, this is just the way the stars play yeah. at, at this point. I, I've kind of given up the whole argument of, oh well, they should have more shots. It, it really doesn't matter. The, the the thing that matters is goals in the back of the net. And if they're taking advantage of their opportunities, then great. Now they didn't take uh, they didn't take advantage of their opportunities, especially on the power play. We've already gotten into that, but uh, they had some big opportunities here in the game, especially in the second. They played a lot better in the second than I thought they did in the first, and uh, especially that hints uh, opportunity at the end of the second. Mm-hmm. If really got to take advantage of that, yeah. so. But yeah, it was a good defensive play from Toronto there, though. Instead of trying to you know get cute and try to poke the puck off a of hints of stick, just just lay the body and just bury the, bury bury hints. Don't give him the chance to get the puck between his legs. Mm-hmm. so i had to give credit there so in the third period uh 18 12 remaining in the third period just to get us started in the third period uh sagan with another chance in the slot i think that's the second or third time that i mentioned his name and i would mention his name later on in the third period as well uh a minute later radulov would draw a penalty for the dallas stars muzzin mm-hmm. takes a hooking call it was not a penalty whatsoever oh. but whatever uh the stars would take it and uh they would, I think that's their second power play of the, of the game, second or third. And it was a really bad call by the refs is what I wrote down. So probably a good thing. Dallas didn't, uh, didn't score there. Cause you, you would have, you would have heard the tears from Toronto all the way down to Texas. I mean, those fans are just unreal about those kind of calls. So the biggest probably, fan base in the NHL. So. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's go with that one. Well, uh, during the ensuing power play, there were some good entrances into the own zone. Uh, Klinger would take a shot from the point, and I, I wrote, this is exactly what Dallas wants to do on their power play, 100%. Mm-hmm. Give Klingberg the puck or give Miro the puck. Find some way to get it through all the bodies and then either look for a tip from Pavelski or go after garbage rebound goals. Go yep. after it. So, And it's exactly what they're doing. However, 20 seconds after I wrote that down, uh, Colin Blackwell, who's a re- recent acquisition for the Toronto Maple Leafs, would have a shorthanded chance, and it was a good chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that just led me to freak out a little bit because the Stars have been really bad about you know the opposition getting better chances on their power plays lately. Yep. And that's just a, a last couple of games thing, like the yeah. last three-ish, maybe West Coast four road games. Trip. Yeah, yeah, exactly, the West Coast road trip. That's a good point. But uh, towards the end of the power play, uh, actually, it was right when the power play expired. Sagan would get a chance from the imp- uh, from an impossible angle, and uh, it was it was a good save by Campbell there because mm-hmm. there was still some daylight there where Here's it could have gotten past him. Oh yeah. So, but 
about a minute later, 14-17 remaining. Klinger, we get a goal from the low circle. It's a cross-diagonal pass by Pat Pavelski. And Klinger just kind of stood there. You yep. know, he, he went to go after the puck, and he just stood down there. And, and then the Toronto defense lost him. And it was a great play by Klinger, especially the goal. I mean, there's no chance for Clamble. Not mm-hmm. a chance in the world. Nope. And it was a beautiful pass by Pavelski. Oh, I mean, Pavelski's vision in the offensive end is unbelievable. Um, Stupid. I mean, the things that he can see on the ice, uh, I, it's, just, it's incredible. I mean, the dude is the the he is the ideal you know playmaker. He can score. He can pass. I mean, he can do whatever you need him to do in the offensive end. And Klingberg. I mean, I know I know people love to hate on Klingberg. Um, I'm not I, one of those I, people. I still I'm I still love my either. boy. Don't get it. <laughs> um, but. He does have his defensive deficiencies, but in the offensive end, I mean, he's another one. He he sees stuff happen in the offensive end before it happens, and he reads plays really well when he's in the attacking end. Um, and I mean, like you said, I mean, he was he was wide open. He was standing in a circle by himself. I mean, that's uh, you know, and obviously that's also on Toronto as well for just kind of leaving him alone. But he was he saw it. I mean, he saw what was happening, and he didn't you know rush back to get back to the blue line or anything. He saw that he was alone in a circle and he got himself in a position where he could receive a pass from Pavelski and, you know, bury a one-timer in the back of the net. Um, I think a lot of defensemen at, at, at that point, a lot of people that don't have that offensive mindset like Klingberg, they're going to see themselves, you know, they're, they're deep, they're, 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 they're down, they're down past the goal line and stuff like that. They don't have the puck. So they're, they're scrambling to get back just in case the puck goes the other way. Klingberg's got his head up. He knows where the puck is. He knows where his teammates are and he just gets himself open. Um, can't say enough about his offensive, uh, his, his offensive mindset. Um, be interesting to see what happens with him this off season, but that's a discussion for a different time, I'm sure. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I thought that was, I thought it was a phenomenal play by, 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 Pavelski, Robertson, and Klingberg to, yeah. to set that up. And, and don't let me forget, I want to ask you about uh, a possible Klingberg extension, okay? Don't let me forget okay. at the end. I'll, right. and we'll All get right. your thoughts on that. We'll, we'll finish up the game and then I'll ask you. Yeah, yeah. Give you some time <laughs> to think about it. Um, but uh, right after that, actually, a minute later, 13-17 remaining, uh, there was a huge save by Wedgwood on Hall, and it almost trickles through, but it doesn't go in. And another lucky break for the Stars. It was a spine save, if I recall, right? Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I wrote down the American Airlines Center crowd was really loud tonight. Now, I, I don't know if that was mm-hmm. just because there was a lot of Toronto fans there, because there were, but uh, were. just when they were singing "Living on a Prayer," I was just like, "Dude, that's awesome!" And you know, uh, shout out to Shippy for being the DJ out there and yep. putting on some awesome tracks for the stars. Because I think they had uh, three sing-along songs tonight that I can. Yeah, remember. it was. Uh, it was that one. It Mr. was Brightside. Mr. Brightside, which they always have, Mr. Brightside. Yeah. And I mean, you can't not sing along with that song. Yep. And then I think it was uh, all the small things. All the Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, that's what I was yep. about to say. Blink One Eighty Two. So good assist by the AAC crowd tonight. Yep. <laughs> um, Eleven thirty eight remaining in the third. Raffle had a big hit on Colin Blackwell. The dude's mm-hmm. only five nine, so you know, it's not hard. Well, I like say he's hitting, only. Like me I Sam. say yeah. He's. I say he's only five nine, and I'm like five foot five. So you know, <laughs> whatever. Only five foot nine because you know most players. Only. It's stupid, but. Uh, a little bit later on, Stars would uh, have a turnover from Ben. It would lead to a two-on-one, and then it was extended ozone time for the Toronto Maple Leafs there. So bad play by uh, Ben tonight, who wasn't super noticeable, which is weird. Because nah. that, that line was good tonight, but mm-hmm. I, I, I did I think that's the first time I've mentioned his name in tonight's yeah. in all of my notes. So, yep. I mean, it's not something you want to be in my notes for, but right. uh, 
I mean, I, I guess he had an okay game, but I just didn't notice him very much tonight. So yeah, and he's the kind of player that you you, you want to see at some point. You want to notice at some point. Right. You want him yeah. to stand out and do something noticeable at some point. It's not like he's you know Fox or anything like that. You kind of want fly under the radar and just play you know solid decent hockey without being noticeable. Then you you want to stand out. You want to know oh big hit or you know strong on the forecheck or strong offensive play or something like that. And you, you're you're 100 right. He didn't really have any of that tonight. And, and he's been good as of late. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he, I mean, he's not being asked to be a first line player right now. And right. he, the the thing that sucks, and Chris and I talk about this all the time, is the fact he's got a nine point five million dollar cap hit on him. But for his role that he's got right now, which is a second line role, he's doing very well. Same thing yep. with Sagan. He's not being yep. asked to do, be a first line center right now, so he's doing really well in the role yep. he's being asked to play. So. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just a lot of cap hit right there. That's almost $20 million in those two players. And right. you just like to see a little bit more, uh, just a little bit more contribution from those two guys. But ag- right. again, they're, they're doing better. They're doing okay. Uh, and then, you know, speaking of players who have been doing better as of late, Klingberg is a point per game player. I, I should have mentioned that when he scored the goal. So yep. it, it, it's good to see those three guys going, but maybe just to get a little bit more from Sagan and Ben, if we could just get those two guys going, I mean, this team would, be more of an I wouldn't say a juggernaut, but they have more offense attached to their name than what they get credit for right now. Right, this is my thought. And I've I mean, I've I've said for the last probably couple of years now, two two and a half years, um, Ben and Sagan are the kind of guys you want on your roster. They're not the kind of guys you want to pay over nine million dollars for. Is the thing. I mean, they both they both have roles and they both they both do a decent job playing the playing their roles now. Um, you know, aging vets and everything like that. They both do a decent job playing their roles, but the, I mean. A blind person can tell you they're 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 not worth nine and a half, nine point two five, whatever they're making right now, um, and stuff like that. I absolutely want them on the roster and uh, and stuff like that. And I just don't see that just paying them that much money is, is is tough. But unfortunately, both of them have no movement clause. They're not going anywhere. We're not trading them. Um, yeah. Buying them out is is irrelevant. It's pointless. You save point, uh, you save like seven hundred thousand dollars over the course of three years for buying out Ben, and then you still have three years of paying him after that. Like, it, it makes no sense to buy out either of those players. Um, you're, and, you're, and, you, and they're still they're still producing, just right, not at the level exactly, you want it. So, exactly. so there's no point to do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So and, and I, I've seen that I've seen that a lot from a couple of people, especially on Twitter. Well, why don't you just buy Ben now? I mean, he's he's not the Ben of the Art Ross mm-hmm. years, but he's he's still producing okay. And the way and his mean, contract it, is structured, anyway, you're still paying like eight million dollars a season for him for three years. Like, right? You, and you and we're kind of no we're kind of paying now for what he did in the past years. Yep, is is a way to look at it, and that's the way Nil rolls. He doesn't pay for what the player right. might do. Which Correct. I mean, it, there's a whole argument with that we could get into later. Which is but. why Klingberg's about to see eighty million dollars over eight years. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that. I, I, I hope not. I hope not. We'll see. Uh, Riley would score for Marner uh, later on. It would make it 3-2 Toronto from a slap shot. It was just inside the pipe. It was a great shot by Riley. Yeah, and at that point, I'm shot. like, at that point, I'm like, okay. I, I think that was the nail in the coffin. Yep. I was thinking the game was over. Um, two minutes later, Hens would have a chance off the rush with speed. I love watching him skate. It's insane. Uh, Bunting and Hints would kind of get in it uh, with each other, and they take matching penalties for roughing, so it goes four and four for a little while. Uh, there's another big save by Wedgwood on Matthews, uh, who continued to, even though he got two goals in the game tonight, he probably could have had more because Wedgwood played really well against Matthews tonight. Yep. Um, 
Nemesnikov actually has been a really good addition for the Stars, and he would actually force a turnover behind the Toronto net and almost got a chance in, there in front. Mm-hmm. Uh, three minutes remaining, Sagan had a chance off the side of the net. I thought it went in for a second. I screamed and almost woke up my children. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh never mind. And then my wife started to yell at me. So uh, about 20 seconds later, Suter would throw it in front of the net. Chaos ensues. It looked like something might happen out of that. Nothing would happen out of that but 30 seconds later 223 remaining in the third pavelski would score off a deflection from a, a suitor shot that was going way wide it was mm-hmm. not even close mm-hmm. and you know it ties it three to three and the third period ends and then i wrote stars earn a point not give up a point Correct. because yeah i mean they stuck in this game with this team and you know as much as i would would have loved to beat toronto and uh to see Steve Dangle meltdown on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll take the point. I'll take it. They could have easily given up after going down two one, and the fact that they came out and you know punched back in the third period. I thought I thought the team actually showed some really good fight in the third. Um, I thought, like you said, they they earned a point. They didn't lose a point in overtime. I thought that that was a game that you know very easily could have been a two one or a three one loss, um, but they they. They something lit a fire under them, and they were able to fight back and uh, and, and 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 snag a point out of this thing. So you know, and then playoff race, every point counts. So can't be too upset. Yeah, uh, Robo would get one of the lone shots for mm-hmm. the stars in the and the overtime. It it was an okay shot, but it, it was a good save by Campbell still. Yep. Uh, but and Matthew puts his team on his back and he scores for the Maple Leafs. He goes around the Dallas defenders. I don't even remember who it was. He went around uh, it was Sagan and Suter. Sagan and Suter. So yeah, that, that and, sucks. And people are gonna. I mean, Sagan and Suter definitely took bad angles to the puck, considering how fast Matthews was going. But it, it, I mean, it's Austin Matthews. He gets a full head of steam like that. I don't know very many people in the league. They're gonna be able to, you know, get around him and 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 stop it and prevent him from taking a shot. Not without not without draw not without drawing a penalty. Um. Yeah. At that point, that's just a, that's just a phenomenal move. You got to give credit to the guy. Got to give credit to the kid. And that, that would be a second goal of the game. It's 56 of the season. And he, he continues to... Uh, 12th to, shot of the game, too. That's insane. That's just stupid. I mean, and, and we should admit, th- this guy is from Arizona, right? Uh-huh. Yep. He's from Arizona, Boston, from Arizona. the Southwest. So, I mean, the be- who would have known that the best player in the... N- oh, well, I don't know if I should say that. That's going to start some conversations. I'll say the it best, anyway. The, the best, best player... The best player. Scorer. I'll give him that yeah. one. Current goal okay, we can now. definitely say that. Uh, I'll say that. The best goal scorer in the NHL right now would come out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I would have right. never seen that. But All right, man. Uh, well, let, I got a couple of uh, comments, a couple of questions for you. So first, uh, I want to get into the easier of the two ones because Ardell Go. has got one for you here. Right. What's the dude's take on Garyanov? I'm I love Garyanov. Um, I think that he is... He kind of similar to Klingberg has a few defensive deficiencies. I think his defensive deficiencies are actually overblown. If you look at his stats, he's actually slightly below average defensively. He's not. He, he he's not absolutely outrageously suckish. Exactly. Um, but the speed he plays with, the shot he has. I mean, that this is a guy that if you put him in the right system, he could very easily be a twenty-five to thirty goal scorer every every single year. Um, he's got that kind of skill set. I think that he is probably the most misused player in the NHL currently. Um, I think that if you look at the guys that he plays with on a consistent basis, they are not putting him on or bonus is not putting him on lines to, um, to cultivate his skill set and to put him in good positions to score. 
Um, and I think the fact that if he so much as breathes incorrectly, he's going to be a healthy scratch is not beneficial for him at all. Um, I think you're going to run into the same issues that you ran in with, you ran into with, uh, or similar issues to with uh, Valanchushkin. Um, I think that he's going to, he's getting to the point where he's going to be too, he's going to be timid on the ice. He's going to be hesitant to make a play because if, if, if something goes wrong, he's going right back to the press box. So, um, I think best case scenario, I would love to see a new coach here next uh, next season, one that can uh, utilize a more uh, offensive style of hockey. Um, but if I'm Gurionov and Bonus is here next year, I honestly would not be surprised to see him ask for a trade out of Dallas. Um, I just I, I think that I mean with he's he's an RFA after the season, so he's not he's not technically under contract next year. The Stars still retain his rights, but. Um, if I'm if I'm Guriana, I want to go to a place where I know I can I can I can thrive, and that's I just don't see that happening under Rick Bonus. So out of the current Stars players, who would who would you like to see him on a line with? Because I think that would be like I've I've mentioned that I'd like to see him, uh, Student Nietzsche, and Petey together. And I know I, 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 those are I know, two of the three that came to mind for me as well. Um, the third being Sagan. And um, I know none of those guys really take face-offs out of the three I said. I know Sagan right. is a pretty good offensive right. or offensive, a uh, good face-off man. Yep. But uh, you know, still, uh, oh yeah, Ardell, I I'm, I didn't even see your comment when I mentioned that. <laughs> Who would you play him with? Yeah. So that, that was that would be my follow-up. And short term, I would love to see him on one of the wings for Sagan um, and throw. Uh, a, you can throw a student each or. Um, or Peterson on the other on the other wing. Long term, I would love to see him center somebody like a Maverick Bork or a Wyatt Johnston or something like that. Um, somebody who can play the game a little bit more up tempo than what he's currently playing with now. Um, I think that you put him with guys like that, and like I said, I think you've got a twenty five goal score in your hands consistently with the right system. I think correct. I think you have correct. To right. Right. Not right. in the defensive system that we've got because obviously correct. defense is shrined over offensive gifts here. Just yep. saying. So. Yeah, but OK. Uh, uh, awesome. 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 All right. Uh, let me go ahead and get into uh, your what you think uh, Klingberg is worth and what you th- if he re- if he resigns, which I-, I think the likelihood is at this point is like 25 percent chance he resigns. That's what I think. Maybe blank, he- blank check keys to the city. Just give it to him. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Um, I agree with you, though. Uh, I think that if I had to put odds to it right now, I would say. Uh, there's probably a 20% chance he's back here next year. I would love to see him back here oh, next year, but I, I just I don't see him coming back. Um, he wants to and bank it, and he deserves it. He gets, he, he deserves he to go out and get it. He does. And I don't, I, I, I'm, I, I disagree with some people on this. I don't mind paying him, you know, what he's looking for. He's looking for between seven, 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 uh, 7.75 and 8.25 million uh, per mm-hmm. year. Um, I, I don't mind paying him that my issue comes with paying him for eight years. I don't want to pay a 29 year old defenseman that kind of money for eight years. If we can find a way to pay him $8 million for six years, uh, 7.75 for six years or something like that. I take that deal. Uh, I would, I would love to do that. Unfortunately, I don't think that's what Klingberg wants. I think he's going to test the free agent market, which he should. Um, he, he took a team to friendly it. deal six years ago. I mean, he's been on one of the best contracts in the league since then. Um, if I'm him, I'm testing the free agent market as well. And I think some team out there will give him a seven year deal oh. worth 8 million. Um, I, I think that, you know, somebody out there is going to have the cap space to do it. Um, the only question is whether or not it's going to be a team that Klingberg wants to go to. Um, if he's wanting to go to a contender, I'm not sure how many contenders have that much money. 
Um, and if it comes down to that point, if it gets down to the point where it's, all right, he's going to take six years to go to a contender, I think that's where Dallas could sneak their way back into the conversation um, if six years is what he's looking at. But like I said, I, I think somebody's going to be able to pay him bank. And unfortunately, I just don't see that being Dallas. Dallas could technically afford it, but it really puts them in a bind with Hintz's contract uh, up the following offseason. Because they got to resign. Get, he's going to resign. Robertson, Guriano, yeah, he's going to make too. Season. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with me, for, for, for me, and I know this is going to be kind of a tangent uh, with, with Robertson, I don't offer him. I, I would not, I would see if he's not willing Bridge to take deal. an eight year deal. Bridge I would want to get him on a three year contract worth upper sixes to seven. I mean, I, I it, the, the more money we could save now for Hintz's contract, the better. And this sets up the stars to when Robert, when that bridge deal is up for Robertson, they would still hold his rights. That would take him up to his last year of RFA eligibility, meaning that that's the point when the stars could then give him an eight year deal worth eight and a half million dollars, $9 million, whatever. And it also gets us to the point where Ben's contract is off the book as well. Um, so if the stars can make it to that point before giving Robertson his, you know, max extension kind of thing, I think that they would be a lot better off moving forward. Obviously, it's going to really kind of depend on what Robertson's camp wants to do as well. Um, but I I would try to lead with a three-year deal worth upper sixes or seven. And, uh, you know, just going back to Kleinberg and thinking about uh, his extension and everything, he could argue, well, hey, you just gave four years and a no-movement clause to a 36-year-old Ryan Suter. Yup. So... And I understand Jim Nell did that specifically for two years, mostly for the first two years of the deal to give to give him that. And they're paying for it in the last two. But man, still that real that really cripples us a little bit there. I've been hard on Suter. I, I hate the contract that he's that he's on. And I've been hard on him this season. He hasn't played horrible. He's actually he's been, been a good. decent defensive defenseman for us this year. I have not hated him this year at all. That being said. Three years from now, I I, 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 want out. I don't I don't want him on I don't want him on the roster past the season. I, I and I said going in I would I would be fine giving Suter a max two year contract, and when we give him four with a no movement clause attached to it, and, and when they did that, I knew that Klingberg was likely gone because I knew that we probably wouldn't want to put up the money to pay for him. Yeah, and that that's the part that really is kind of a kick in the gut for me is the fact that. I think Suter's contract is partially responsible for the fact that Klingberg is currently not locked up under an extension. And, and I mean, it goes all the way back to the, like, it, just like the Alex Petrangelo situation mm-hmm. when, when they re-signed Justin Falk to a, a big extension and, or no, Tori Krugs. No, 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 it was, no, it was, it was Justin Falk. It was Falk. And yeah. And uh, Petro was like, dude, what the heck? Well, that's, yep. that was my money. That was and his way he, out the door. He got his way out the door. And, and hopefully that's not the case with the stars here, but, uh, that appears to be the case for John Klingberg. Yep. Keeping my fingers crossed that he comes back, though, because, I mean, we're really going to miss him when he leaves. So. I get this feeling, and I, I I don't know why. I have no reason to think this. I have no reason to believe this. I feel like Toronto is going to find a way to move somebody like Nylander, and they're going to make room for somebody like John Klingberg. On the- <sighs> I hate that. I would hate yeah. to see him in a freaking Maple Leaf sweater. I, I don't I don't see I don't see both Marner and Nylander on the roster next year if they get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs. Which let, let's yeah. be honest, let's be honest. That's like what, a ninety percent chance of happening, because they either have to play Tampa, Tampa, or Florida, Florida Carolina. Carolina, or or possibly Boston. Even oh, I would love to see a Leafs Boston series. That would be so much fun. It so sucks. I feel so bad for the Maple Leafs in that case. So. Oh man, it's always funny watching their fans implode, though. Oh man, it is. It is. It's it's, it's a good time. All right, man. Well, I think we're going to cut it off here tonight. Thank you guys, everyone, for commenting in uh, the chat boxes down below, giving us some things to think about. 
Josh, thanks, man, for coming on and doing this. It's a lot more fun uh, when uh, there's someone else to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I was, Thank you very I much was, for having me, man. Yeah, it, uh, it was, I was relying on chat heavy uh, on the game <laughs> on Tuesday. And they did as good a job as they did. It's nice to have them uh, chatting and also having you on with yep. all of your knowledge as well. So uh, right. thanks again for coming on, man. Anytime you need a fill in or anytime you need uh you, you want a fourth or anything like that, let me know. I'm always willing to hop on and, and talk some <laughs> hockey for a bit. Even those West coast games. Let me know ahead of time. I'll take a nap before the game or something like that, but I'll be good. All right. Go. Sounds yeah. good, man. All right. And uh, can you tell everybody where they can find you on uh, Twitter? Cause I know you do some Twitch streams too, right? So I do some Twitch streams as well. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitch, it's going to be at Sosh underscore Jander. It's going to be my, my last initial, my first initial kind of flipped. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's going to be at J underscore S A N D three R S. Um, I will post there anytime I go live on Twitch and I typically post throughout, you know, hockey games and stuff like that as well. So if you want to give me a follow on either one of those sites, I would much appreciate it. And, uh, you know, always, always happy to take some chat with you guys and, and, and hang out for a bit. So, you know, you know, we ought to do some, uh, you have NHL 22. Uh, I do actually. Yeah, we, I can't we, tell you the should, last time I actually fired it up, but <laughs> I have it. <laughs> it's so. been about a week for me too. Yeah. Work has been insane. So. But we ought to do something like that. But you know, you and me, and me, we'll we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm Play down. a game or something. I'm down. It's gonna be All ugly, right. but I'm down. Yeah, we'll we'll put something <laughs> together here over the next couple of weeks or so. Maybe right before the playoffs or something like hey, that. Hey, sounds good. Hey, I'm always down good. to do playoff pods. Uh, I'll do you know draft pods, anything like that. So uh, anytime you want to have me on, I, I I enjoy you guys. So I appreciate y'all for 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 dealing with my shenanigans for a bit. Yep. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, too, if you will go and check out, uh, he's an admin for the Jake Ottinger fan club and hockey talk group on Facebook. Uh, that's a fun group to be a part of. Uh, the, there's always some shenanigans going on in there. And you have Absolutely my word, the name will it. not change throughout the rest of the year, at least. <laughs> I know we change frequently, but it's, it's, it's staying <laughs> the same for a bit. It, it was Corey Perry, and then it went to Jason Robinson, Robertson, and Tufty then it was like Tufty at one yeah. point when he was when he was in. Yep. So. It's been good, but all right, guys, uh, we're going to cut it off here tonight. Uh, thanks once again to DraftKings Sportsbook for being our sponsor and for sponsoring us and also the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, please go and also go take a look at our uh, merch store, StarCastDickerMarksShop.com. We got our first phase of our merch options. You guys have been asking us for it, so we went ahead and took care of that, and uh, I think that's going to do it for us here tonight. We will catch you guys on the flip side. I got to say it because Christian James aren't here. GG boys, we'll see you guys. Uh, what is it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Saturday. So, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. So. All right, and uh, yeah, see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Peace.